Hello and welcome to DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and this is episode number 69. Nice. We made it, folks. Uh, I am probably sounding a little bit different than usual today because I'm not in my normal setup with my nice microphone in my booth because, as is very, very appropriate for today's episode, I'm at the beach, or rather, preparing to leave the beach. I've been at the beach for the past week with my family. It's been the first vacation we've had as a family since, well, last February. And yeah, it's been a really nice week. It's been with some aunts and uncles all vaccinated and social distancing. There's lots of open air and wind on the beach, good distance between us and all the other families. And it's just been, you know, journeying between the beach and the beach house, ordering in, staying safe. But it's been very nice to have some R&R to actually get sun, which is admittedly rarer than it should be for me. But that's an entirely separate issue. Anyways, today is going to be lots of fun. We have lots of beach episodes to talk about. But first, please welcome the co-host, Mario. Hello, hello. And Franji. Hello. So, first off, before we get started with everything else, Mario, you have actually been watching some anime this week, unlike me, because I've been busy. But you have actually seen something, and it's something that's been very highly anticipated. So please, get all that off your chest. Oh, absolutely. Also, lol, how the turntables have turned, because usually, especially this whole summer with the overlapping virtual events, it was definitely the other way around. So it's actually weird to be the one yeah. who was watching anime. But fair play to to uh, everybody here. I only just watched it basically this morning before we went live. Well, also um, fair play, it's only been available for 36 hours or something. Exactly. Uh, so we are, of course, talking about uh, the the fourth installment of the Ava Rebuild movies, Ava 3.0 plus 1.0. Um, so yeah, uh, like like mentioned, I, I finally got to watch it. I should note, I did watch it with the English cast, which is a weird hodgepodge of the original English language cast, you know, Spike Spencer et al., uh, as well as a few newer faces. Uh, so it's crazy to think that we've had as many Ava casts as there have been Ava movies at this point, <laughs> if, you, if you total them all up. Um, yeah, it is definitely a must-see if you have not only been watching the Ava Rebuild movies, uh, because it, it definitely closes off the story that they were trying to tell with this uh given the interval uh between the uh, last film and this film uh if you're worried about not remembering what the hell happened in the previous installments good news they literally opened the movie with a recap of the last three movies <laughs> so very glad they did that because it's been a while since we had the last one yeah. so it's much more understandable for people to probably forget what's happened since then yeah, it's been about 10 years, and that's not even an exaggeration, because I think movie three finally premiered somewhere thereabouts in like 2011, maybe 2012. Um, so yeah, they give you a nice little recap. Uh, obviously, if you're familiar with the broad strokes of Evangelion and you haven't seen the recap films, a lot of things will will be familiar, but you know they deviate hard after the second movie. So having that recap really helps for anyone who might not know about the, the diverging path that the rebuild films go on. Um, and as I was saying, uh, right before we went on the air, weirdly enough, this was not the weirdest thing that I have seen in not even the past month, but the past week alone, which is really weird when you consider, you know, how out there Evangelion traditionally gets with its big, you know, spectacle releases. Um, and I, I attribute that to the fact that uh, in, in you know recent pop culture, we have had the Marvel films and now Disney Plus shows really just going off into what would be considered weird territory. Yeah, I was going to ask if that wasn't the weirdest thing. What was the weirdest thing? And I'm guessing it wasn't anime. Yeah, it was a combination of Marvel and somewhat to 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 uh, tie it into anime because we have mentioned it on the show before since they have done anime crossovers and even did an anime parody this season. Rick and Morty. Like those two things, especially since a lot of Rick and Morty staff have worked on the recent Loki show for Disney Plus. Yeah, the the weirdness levels make a lot of sense, and it's just so mm. weird to not say that Evangelion, uh, you know, is is still like the top tier of weird. In fact, I would argue if you've been watching all these other things, 
and you've never seen Ava before, you're probably going to be a, a, in a much better position to understand what's going on than if these other pieces of media had not existed. So had this movie come out around the time we were all originally anticipating. So we're talking like five, six years ago, you know, before Marvel went into the, the full on weird phase before we even got, uh, you know, Rick and Morty as a regular fixture on, on, uh, on adult swim, this definitely would have been like top shelf weird. Now it's like, <clears throat> yeah, no, this is still weird. And it is very, it is a very Evangelion finale, uh, but it is it is one that I think you'll have an easier time comprehending because of all these other pieces of pop culture media that exist currently, mm. as opposed to when these movies even started releasing. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, highly recommended. Animation is gorgeous. The dub is absolutely fantastic. Um, heavy exposition dumps. It, it is two. It's almost two and a half hours. And there is a lot of exposition, but when the set pieces happen, <laughs> budget, 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 budget. Um, I should hope so after all this time. Yeah. And you can also see a few winks and nods from, from Anno, uh, you know, kind of recognizing not just his personal journey since the beginning of Evangelion, but certainly these last few years when he's been, you know, developing other projects through Kara, uh, you know, taking his hiatus to work on a Godzilla film, uh, a lot of, it, you, you get these senses in the course of the narrative uh, of, of all this other stuff that he's kind of acknowledging through the medium. Um, bottom line, absolute must see. Do yourself a favor and watch it, especially if you have Amazon Prime. I mean, if you don't, get, get yourself a trial, please. Just do yourself a favor. Watch this right away. And if you haven't seen the other Rebuild movies, I would highly recommend you do that before jumping into this. So that you Amazon understand. has them all, correct? That's the thing. I know in Japan they do. I don't know what the status is for the U.S. because all the rights are kind of weird and screwy, especially with, you know, uh, the the recent netflix release of the original series and the old movies plus you know the the original dub rights oh uh, i see jeff in the chat is confirming that all of them are available in the u.s so okay perfect go <laughs> oh wow they straight up redubbed the other three okay that i was not aware of i i thought that was still like up in the air but okay there you go so go yeah, back rewatch everything year, <laughs> pardon i knew i knew they did the redub that was last year Okay, yeah, because I, I, I wasn't really following... That was on Netflix, I thought. No, well, again, that's a totally different thing, and that was for the original, original films that followed the original series, not the rebuild films. That's why mm. I get so weird <laughs> to consider all this. Uh, yeah, and Jeff is confirming, yeah, this is just Amazon dub for, for rebuild. So you are going to get the cast that you hear in Rebuild Movie 4 throughout all the rebuild movies if you watch it on Amazon, which, again great cast so you can't go wrong with this one it was really really freaking good uh yeah and that is uh that is me soapboxing about our uh our highly anticipated evangelion movie 3.0 plus 1.0 that i know i've been screeching about since we found out it was going to finally drop this year yeah <laughs> how's everybody else you, doing <laughs> do you have a chance to watch anything this week um i've been trying to keep up on a few weeklies um Dude, To Your Eternity has been so It's good. so good. It's so fascinating. Um, I don't know how much it's going to oh, hurt sorry. me by the To Your the Eternity end, is but... not the one I'm keeping up with. The, uh, sorry, I, for some reason, I am I went to Aquatope on uh, Sand. My bad. Lol, what, I've no. of, what, I, what I've seen of To Your Eternity is still really good. But it's... yes, uh, it, it's good to know that I have something to look forward to, because that's one of the ones that I drop but know I should get back on the horse with. Yeah, I'll be able to tell better once the season ends, but it's been pretty solid so far. It's just a very fascinating concept um, with some really cool acting opportunities. And it's very fun to hear all the voice actors in their roles. Um, I've been catching up on Reincarnated as a Slime because that started back up, and I've been a little bit disappointed in it. Like, the new opening is baller, uh, and and everyone's got new outfits, And it, but it was only the most recent episode that finally started introducing new characters and moving things. I swear to God, like, every episode since the season started is literally it's just been... exposition. It's just the characters it, sitting well, it, around a table. Been, it hasn't quite been exposition, but it's been a lot of talking. It's been very dialogue-heavy, a lot of planning, scheming, strategizing for a big battle to come. 
Yeah, it's just we're going to do this and maybe we should do this and let's talk politics here. And then when things finally do happen, it's literally Rimuru standing there like like narrating it being like, and then so they went and did the thing. The end. Now now we're going to go talk about this. And I'm like, wow, guys, whoa, you kind of dropped the ball there. Um, I've been getting bored with it, but things finally picked up in the most recent episode. Um, and we're starting to learn some things about characters that have been important. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, slowly catching up on My Hero Academia, but that's about it. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, Didn't on to the main topic. Each episode? <laughs> uh, they did not. Oh, wait, okay. yes, they did. You're right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he, I was thinking you were talking slime, which didn't, but you're absolutely right that Hero Academia does. And that was one of the ones I was planning on bringing up. So, what might did as you well, say, I Mario? Guess. I missed it. Oh, no. Hero I'll Academia give you my Hero Academia beach episode. beach episode. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that when you were saying beach episodes, I don't know where my brain was. I've been really busy this past week, but I didn't think you meant that we were literally going to talk about beach episodes. I thought it was some joke on like episode 69. So it's the beach episode. And I thought we were just going to like shoot the shit or something today. But but yeah, nope, I'll, I'll just figure stuff out on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing from a holistic view that I find really interesting about beach episodes is that they seem to have a bit of a pattern. And it's that the first half of a beach episode is usually very lighthearted. It's the fan service. It's the fun, the sun, different little hijinks at the beach. But that beach episodes are actually not usually throwaway episodes because usually something happens in the back half of the episode that's really important character development. This is not always the case. Sometimes it is just, you know, 25 minutes of beach hijinks, but I feel like a lot of series use their beach episode to first have the levity, but then to cover more serious topics about their characters, develop relationships, or just be really introspective. Yeah, that actually uh, makes a lot of sense for one of the ones that I, I was definitely going to share on today's episode. Um, so I've, I've always gone back to Comic Party as one of my all-time favorites because when I saw it, it was during a very formative part of my, my early anime fandom years. And one of the later episodes is the requisite beach episode. But it is easily like a very depressing beach episode because the, the main character of the story is at his lowest point. And the whole beach episode is, you know, one of the other characters trying to cheer him up, but he is just this sad sack the entire time. And it follows this exact pattern to a T because it is definitely uh, showing some character development because it's from this uh, this low point. He eventually starts to, you know, get dragged out of his funk in the subsequent episodes in time for the finale. But it's it's just such a weird beach episode because it really does, you know, have the the levity. But the whole time, it's permeated by the heaviness of the main character's, uh, you know, essentially depression. <laughs> really, it's it's a brutal beach episode. Uh, so it, it, this this pattern that you're talking about makes a ton of sense. Um, I have some others that I'd like to bring up, but I wanted to popcorn it back over to you guys in case any others like really just came to mind that well, really I, fit that format. I do I have, have one. Oh, go ahead, Joel. I was going to say, uh, I have a couple, but uh, since you already mentioned the My Hero one, Frangi, if you've seen that one as well, I feel like that's a good one to cover because it fits the formula that I mentioned earlier, but also has some really cool character moments in the early half of the episode that essentially the setup for the episode is that there is a drug that is being smuggled by this criminal organization, and the first half of the episode has them, you know, loading it up onto a ship. There's a chasing, there's fog that makes it so they can't pursue, but they're on the shore and they know, all right, they can't have gotten away because there was only so much fog. So they know they're within a contained area. And what happens is the superheroes that are in charge of the characters for that episode, who are Froppy, Ochako, um, Hajime, and I'm forgetting the fourth. Uh, it's the dragon scale girl. But she's a pro they, hero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, no, there's the dragon uh, pro hero, but then there's the, all, the other one. I think she's the one that has dragon scales. But anyways, I might be messing it up. Anywho, uh, the pro heroes say to the, uh, the younger heroes, your assignment for today is to relax at the beach. And 
even the pro heroes relax. And the, the justification in story is, well, we know that the drug smugglers can't move until nightfall, that they're probably hiding in some cove right now. We could spend the entire day, you know, searching, possibly not finding them, and then be worn out by evening when they're starting to go. Or we can just bide our time, wait a little bit, relax, clear our heads. That way, when the sun goes down, we're ready to roll. And they actually justify their beach episode. It's a bit hand-wavy, but all beach episodes are a bit hand-wavy. But uh, it provided that opportunity. And then the second half of the episode is that pursuit of the uh, drug smugglers. So, yeah. Yeah, and what I liked about that episode was that it went back to the end, back to the beach again. <laughs> so mm. they're having fun again. Like, we succeeded. We got rid of the, these hard, difficult things because um, what everyone was talking about wanting to protect was was exactly that kind of fluffy lifestyle where you can go to the beach and and just have fun without having to think about all the evil in the world, yeah. uh, and, you know? Um, Very much literally protect that smile. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Uh, but if actually, if I could just backtrack for a moment, when Mario was speaking, it was reminding me, um, the pattern he was pointing out reminded me of Gurren Lagann, and now it's been, it's been oh, quite a while yes. since I've seen it, but if I oh. recall, there's a beach episode that starts off with a lot of really funny hijinks where, like, Yoko and Nia are kind of, well, I think it's mostly on Yoko's side, but she's kind of mad because, you know, Nia is the new sparkly thing, and everyone's like, oh, she's so cute in her bathing suit, so there's, like that rivalry going on, but then they actually get attacked. Um, and then there's character development that happens because by the end, Yoko has to be the one to kind of save the day and Nia has to trust her to protect her. And then I think Yoko ends up like cutting Nia's hair and it's like all this cool character development stuff where they trust each other and they get over their like little who's cuter in a bathing suit rivalry. Um, so yeah, there's that formula yeah. again. And I think that that is in the stretch of episodes where Simone is in his you know, funk that it's after episode eight because Nia is there. But I think mm -hmm. it's in that first four episode stretch, like one or two after she's discovered, which, as you mentioned, she is the shiny new thing, the uh, new addition to the group. So uh, I think part of all that is the relationship between Yoko and Nia getting established, but also it's one of the four times that they have to kick Simon in the rear and say, you know, have things happen, but you need to move on. Hmm. Exactly. Um, so th that that that's actually a, another great example to have brought up, Franji, because yeah, now that that one fits the the mold to a T. Because <laughs> again, it's it's during a very low point uh, for you know the protagonist of the story, uh, as well as in the story itself. Because yeah, you know we're we're still coming off of you know uh, Kamina's really tragic death. It, yeah. It's, it's really weird to have so much levity so soon, but that's kind of the point, really leaning into that one. Um, and if we want to talk about other ones where it just kind of, it, it, it's, it, uh, when Joel mentioned uh, hand wavy stuff, <laughs> I immediately thought of another one of my all-time favorite beach episodes. It was from Tenchi Universe. So this was the, the TV Isn't series. Tenchi just a beach episode every week? No. <laughs> Everyone's usually fully dressed most of the time in each episode of Tenchi, so I would argue no. Um, but this one is literally the beach episode of Tenchi Universe. Uh, so to, to kind of contextualize Tenchi Universe, uh, it's not like the mainline, mainline Tenchi Muyo story uh, that spans all the OVAs and for all intents and purposes is still ongoing. This was kind of like the, all right, we're going to tell Tenchi, but like in a self-contained series series. Uh, one of the later episodes takes place on a beach planet. The entire crew is on the run. You know, they're they're being, you know, framed for all sorts of intergalactic shenanigans and they're trying to lay low. So they end up on a beach. Uh, you know, you have like Kione uh, and Mihoshi working as like lifeguards and stuff and all the all the all these things. And it ends with a swimsuit contest. It you want to talk just laying on the cheesecake. <laughs> it, it goes full cheesecake and they just lean into it. But they have a confrontation with one of their adversaries. And right after this, they go into what is essentially the final arc of the story, where they finally head to their, their main destination and resolve the, the conflict of the series. So it's it, the placement of this particular episode is part of why I wanted to single it out. Because, again, like, as, as Joel mentioned, you know, you would think Tenchi would be the kind of show where they'd have, like, a beach episode 
every four episodes. <laughs> now, that's because... funny because of the, the placement that you mentioned. This was a series I mentioned to my little sister who also watches anime that, you know, I was doing a beach episode for the podcast today and she brought up a really interesting one and it's anime adjacent again and i don't think either of you have seen it but avatar the last airbender ah, i had a I feeling was... because you said adjacent i'm like let me guess the avatar oh, one no. <laughs> avatar the, uh, i forget franji have you seen avatar i sure have yeah because they have their beach episode it's called ember island players and that is it the is, best episode it's, ever it's one or two episodes before the four-part four-part finale, but the twist on this is, it's not focusing on Ang, Sokka, Katara, and Toph. It's the villains at the beach, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it goes into a lot of stuff about just you know their psyches, their motivations. That uh, there's a scene at the beginning of that episode that the sand. Uh, smooths rough stones and uh, polishes people clean and that uh, things are exposed and whatnot and they use it in a really cool way that is very apropos of you have your cheesecake stuff but the introspection but then flipping it to be this is us learning more about the villains and having it be you know very deep into the series right before uh, just a very important battle so uh, anime adjacent for a moment but back on to anime Franji did you have one? Uh, you know, I was thinking that all of Free is kind of like a beach episode, but they have an actual <laughs> beach episode they do where they actually go episode. to do training on the beach. Um, but Ooh, there's, there's a plot there, isn't there? There's I, a ton of plot. Oh, oh yeah, it's just um, it's kind of Ray has finally joined the swim team, but he's really sucking at swimming, so he wants to get some extra training in, and you know they're at the beach at the ocean to train. Um. And Ray does something really stupid where he decides that while everyone else is asleep, he's going to go out in the ocean and train by himself to work extra hard. But a big old storm comes, and um, Mako has to go in and rescue him. And Mako's deathly afraid of the ocean for reasons. And it's just like this whole massive, horrible thing that the boys have to go through all this, like, torture to and character development to save Ray and figure out, like, don't kill yourself trying to work and all this stuff. Um, it's actually a very serious kind of dark episode. Uh, but yeah, it's still a beach episode, so. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm glad you brought that one up, because uh, the minute you mentioned Free, I'm like, oh, right, that beach episode. Uh, yeah. It, again, like, you, you look at the whole series and you think, oh, it's just, you know, uh, handsome dudes swimming and you know get getting getting the uh the the the, the fan or the man service in for for the ladies ha ha this is gonna be a great time oh they're going to the beach this is gonna be a great time just kidding <laughs> bring it bring bring yourself some uh some kleenex because you are gonna be sobbing <laughs> with this episode because it gets heavy and you like they they just hit you with that you mm. you think on the surface it's just gonna be your typical beach episode just with you know a cast of attractive dudes just kidding. Uh, it's actually very important to the plot, and it gets very heavy very fast uh, when you get to that latter half. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want a more lighthearted beach episode with lots of man service, then just watch Skate the Infinity, because that beach episode is glorious. Okay, the beach episode? They squeeze that in? Uh, they uh, sure in do. The skating? <laughs> they sure do. Oh, boy. Of course. <laughs> also, slight correction, I realized uh, the Ember Island players is the episode before the four-part finale for Avatar, but that's not the beach episode. The beach episode is actually just called The Beach, and it's episode five of 21 in the last season, but it's still third season. It's very deep into the series and all yeah. the stuff with the villains. But anyways, slight correction there. On a more introspective version of a beach episode, Love Live, the original one, yes. had a really impactful beach episode. Um, that one was near the end, if memory serves, that... Bangs all together. Um, they haven't hit their highest point yet, but it's the episode where they really start to grapple with their seniors graduating. Mm -hmm. And just the idea of enjoying the time that you have together with people. It's got this, you know, not sad, not dark, but it's very melancholic of them having all this fun together, but then just that, you know hint of sadness, not of what is happening right now, but knowing what will inevitably come. Mm. Yeah, uh, it is It is bittersweet, to say the least. I'm actually, like, 
getting a little choked up because I, I suppressed that episode with good reason. Because uh, the scene at the end where they're just like screaming their feelings into the ocean. Like, oh, as yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, they, my they just, God. They face the ocean as oh. the sun is setting and just literally scream at the ocean. Yeah. Oh, you're making me think of the end of Yu Yu Hakusho now. They're on a beach and Keiko literally screams at the ocean, her feelings <laughs> about Yusuke not being back. And then, the, yeah, well, interesting. Yeah. Sorry, mm. that was a sidetrack. <laughs> no, no, no. Still, still relevant. There's beaches involved and feelings. <laughs> beaches and feelings, y'all. Beaches and feelings. Okay, wait, there's one that I know at least Mario can help me with because this is also going way, way back. But, um, Oh, run high school host club, don't they all okay, go? Okay, I was going to bring it up, yeah. Actually, okay, Joel, you host club. Neo yes, Ivan brought it up in the chat, so yes. Perfect, okay. okay. That is one I had for later, but yes, right now, let's do it. Okay, go for it. Oh, well, no, you were the one that brought it up, please. I can't remember it very well. I just, I think they go to Kyoya's uh, estate, yeah, right? It's Kyoya's estate, like, they, have, they have the beach, but then the evening, first off, Haruhi is mad at... Um, am I blanking on his name? Tamaki. Tamaki. And uh, she has, they have a scene of where they're eating crabs, which I finally got my Maryland crabs for the first time in two years last night. I was so happy. How much old day did you slap on that? <laughs> um, but Haruki is just at the dinner, ta dinner table, silently snapping crab legs and eating them and not talking to Tamaki. Uh, and I just have the memory of it's snap and these just absurdly giant sticks of crab meat that are larger than the legs she just popped them out of. I don't know why that image sticks in my head, but anyways, then that night, there's a thunderstorm. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time that they really dive into Haruhi's fear of thunder. Yeah, doesn't Tamaki, like, put the blanket over her in that yep. really sweet scene? Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they also have a scene where Kyoya plays a not-so-harmless practical joke of like, it looks like he's trying to make a move on Haruhi and then sort of backs off and they have an interesting scene together yeah. of it's Yoya in his own way saying you need to be careful because there are bad people who will take advantage of you. Oh, and I that, that. It's like, it came from a good place that this wasn't just, you know, Kyoya being something uh, making a move on her and then saying, yeah, haha, just kidding. But it was him trying to be caring in his own Kyoya way. Still a little bit cringy, but I hand wave it a fair bit more because they have that heart to heart afterwards of you need to take care of yourself. You need to be mindful because not everyone has your best interest at heart. Yeah, uh, both uh, Neo Ivan in the chat and myself uh, echo that. Uh, Neo Ivan pointing out that, yeah, that was very close to being an awful scene. <laughs> I yeah. agree. I remember I was so uncomfortable uh, when I first watched that. I'm just like, that's the thing. Like, oh, no. <laughs> it, it, it feels very clearly like it's written to be uncomfortable, that you are supposed to be feeling the discomfort that Haruhi is feeling there of just, you know, this is wrong. Something is bad. Yeah. And, and it's a very fine line, but thank God they had they good writers. <laughs> Because they they walked it very well. Otherwise, we'd yeah. be talking about it much like uh, that recent episode of Kobayashi, where we'd be uh, like, uh, "What uh, the uh, hell were they thinking? <laughs> what yeah. is this?" Um. Oh, a really interesting one. And uh, you want to talk about sort of gut punches and weird, kind of uncomfortable things happening at your beach episode, darling in the Franks. Do you all remember that beach episode? Lord Almighty, apparently not. Uh, I was going to actually defer to Franji because I know I know you've seen the show. I have I did. very no, much Mario, not. For some reason, I thought you'd seen uh, Darling and Franks. Oh, no, no, no. I've, I've seen the memes. Uh, Laura oh. has seen uh, <laughs> all of the series okay. uh, before, so, but I, I have not, unfortunately. I, I know. They, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me, their, fellow anime fans. They have their beach episode that there's this area outside of their, you know, biodome thing that they normally live in it's in the outside world and they are able to acquire swimsuits i kind of forget how but anyways they have their fun day at the beach and are then exploring some of the ruins of this area around the beach and in one of the houses they find a family planning book and one oh, of the central yeah. things in darling in the franks 
is that essentially the adults have achieved immortality via hooking themselves up to machines and whatnot. And the children are the things that pilot the, the mechs that protect the adults and that natural reproduction doesn't really exist anymore. And they, the children are naturally not educated on that, which does not exist, that they are just, they know that they are born in a way, but nothing else. And it's not really covered. And they discover this family planning book. So they're very confused. And part of that becomes a very big awakening for them as characters that leads into the second half of the story, that it's right around the middle. So we've been establishing this, uh, you know, this mech show with a bit of dystopia sort of blended in. And this is really one of the pivotal episodes, one of the pivotal moments where the story and the characters start shifting towards what it becomes for the latter half. Wow. <laughs> that is that 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 is a lot to um to 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 kind of pack into a a beach episode. <laughs> yeah. Just low and it sounds like it was very low key as well. So yeah, uh, no, it, it was absolutely yeah. done tastefully for all of the gratuitous things in Darling in the Franks. This was handled tastefully. That's a that's saying a lot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> given given what I know about that show, so that is yeah. that is genuinely impressive. Remembering Nafronji? No, what? Sorry, I just I <laughs> sorry I I thought I had control of myself, and then you had to like call on me. <clears throat> I just saw a Funimation Funimation just announced something about thirty minutes ago, and I just saw the tweet and had a little little heart attack of joy um, because it's something I've been waiting for. Oh well, <clears throat> it's still relevant to the show. What is it? Oh, they just oh it is very relevant to the show if it's the one that was tweeted 33 minutes ago <laughs> as of this recording. announced they're dropping all at once the first 11 dubbed episodes of Moriarty the Patriot, so I'm dying a little. Oh, boy. Wow. Aaron Dismuke is going to play William, and Howard Wang is going to play Lewis, and... and... <laughs> Christopher Guerrero is Albert, ooh, ooh, okay. and Sherlock is Theo Devaney. I am beyond ready for this is... dub. Slight sidetrack. I think Aaron Dismuke is the new king of Funimation dubs. Just, he's in think. flipping everything nowadays. My, my dude, he has been like the, well, yeah, the guy it, for it, years I feel, now. I feel like it's been sort of him and a couple of others, but I feel like just the frequency nowadays, because his voice, because he's still younger than most of their other VAs, that he ends up as a more natural fit for a lot of the young adult characters, as you are likely to have in anime. But when just, you start it, as a kid as Alphonse Elric, yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, like, like, he's literally I, been doing this since I he was a see kid. a documentary <laughs> done about him. Like, I hope that he has a healthy work-life balance after growing up in all of this. But good for him getting another gig, yeah. Oh, man. So cool. Uh, Sherlock, that's nice. Uh, back oh, to Beach sorry. episodes. Um, so... Yeah. Yes. Uh, anything to add for the Darling in the Franks episode, Franji? No. Um. I think it just never registered in my head as a beach episode, even though they were in bathing suits running around because it was so <laughs> serious and there was so much character stuff going on there. Um. But you're right. When when you were talking about it, I was like, oh yes, I do remember this. Um. But I don't think I don't think I would have been able to think that up on the fly. <laughs> uh, another one is. Melancholy of Haruki Suzumiya, and it's not the Endless Eight because that's a summer episode, not a beach episode. Exactly. Beach episodes are remote island syndrome. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and uh, that one, for those of you who might not remember, is they have their fun in the sun for the first, really most of the two-thirds, if not the entire first episode, and then the first episode of that ends with them discovering, uh, well, actually, I should back up a little bit, they are being hosted by Koiz uh, one of Koizumi's either relatives or sponsors or whatnot, somebody related to Koizumi. And they discover this person dead in a locked room at the end of this first beach episode. So the second half of Remote Island Syndrome is them doing the detective work. 
And if I recall correctly, isn't this the one where we get the uh, the the Haruhi Suzumiya Ace Attorney meme? <laughs> I could swear it's highly likely. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was quality. <laughs> And since that one was two parts, I think they took their time, if memory serves, with most of the first episode. But, you know, they have their usual Haruhi hijinks and a bunch of different things. And it was a fun one. Yeah, uh, I definitely have a few that one of which just came to mind before I was going to share this um, this this other one. But I just wanted to posit this completely random uh, point here based on the criteria that we've been giving out for a beach episode. Would it be safe to say that the season three finale of Attack on Titan technically was their beach <gasps> episode? You know what? You're, I'll you're count it. Wrong. I'll count you're, it. You're not wrong. I mean, you had the little hijinks of like uh, Hanji being like, what is this weird stuff in the ocean? Mm -hmm. And Levi being like, please, no. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, Armin's eyes going all big and pretty like, oh, the ocean of four. Yeah, finally and, and here. especially for Armin, who the concept of seeing the ocean has it's been one of his big thing since season one i know and it's it's a huge huge reveal for him of just i am looking at the ocean this thing that was for all intents and purposes mythical yeah of you heard stories within the walls of this vast body of water called the ocean but no one has seen it for a hundred years mm. and for him to finally see it, like that's on par of you know discovering atlantis yeah they they frolicked on the beach. <laughs> That's the closest thing to happy that moment. we've seen these characters uh, for most of the series. Honestly, You're so right. yeah, like I, I even remember watching that episode with Lara and just straight up without skipping a beat, just being like, "So wait, was that Attack on Titans beach episode?" Because <laughs> <laughs> it really felt like it. Like Might as bizarre as, well. as that is, yeah. <laughs> And it does it does definitely end on a big revelation because besides the buildup to it, like you mentioned, Joel, especially with Armin and his arc, you know, the fact that it ends with with Aaron basically looking across the water and just, you know, telegraphing where the series is going next in both the metaphorical and literal senses. Yeah, it is. It is a hell of a crossroads for Attack on Titan. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was one that just just came to mind now because uh, I was like, oh, right because of how we've been deconstructing these beach episodes, I definitely feel like this is now a, a legitimate uh, proposition <laughs> for, for anime fans to consider. Uh, Cause yeah, we're sure as heck not getting anything more lighthearted with the way season four is going. It's all where down the manga goes here. next. Oh mm. boy. Um, I, I was also going to bring up, um, you know, a, a couple of other, uh, I guess you could say standalone beach episodes uh, because we've been talking about beach episodes that, for for the the purposes of this discussion are like inserts into the ongoing series proper uh but two that come to mind were actually standalone ovas uh in particular there's an ova for uh donmachi uh that takes place in between i believe it was seasons two and three that was very much like their beach episode as well as uh high school of the dead i was wondering if you were going to bring that up Oh, I was definitely going to bring it up because it, it is, I, I think we might've mentioned this before when we were talking about fan service uh, shows and or episodes, but yeah, they basically ended that series on a beach episode because yeah, that, the series that, never came back. That series got that. no sort of resolution. No, no, not at all. Even this beach episode, um, it's very much like a self-contained thing. I don't even know if it was in the original story. I can't verify because I never got to check out the source material. But it felt very much kind of like an excuse for them to do a beach episode, because um, even even the way that it kind of ties itself off, it does not in any way, shape, or form bring to light any major revelations. Yeah. It doesn't tie back into it's the all, overall all fluff. plot. It, and that it is, is very much that. that. Now that you mention it, usually if a series does not have a mainline beach episode, that a beach episode OVA is, you know not going to happen even 50% of the time, but it is one of the go-to tropes for OVAs to use. Exactly. Because uh, even I just mentioned Don Machi. Uh, the Don Machi episode definitely has zero bearing on the entire series. So weirdly, it's good that they did it as a self-contained thing. Because uh, even the ending is just a little bit, it's a little bit out there. Basically, it's one of those, it was all just a dream kind of dealies. What, um, really? It, well, 
it's some sort of weird magical mushroom and not not the kind that you eat it it's weird <laughs> but well, the point that's is what high school of the dead was too that one was literally they were they were smoking some fumes because of uh i, I think it was one of the, the, Hydra- the i think hydrangeas caught fire something like that yeah so they were literally tripping balls in that episode uh this one they were kind of tripping balls but not it's a wibbly wobbly magic stuff um but yeah again it's another one that doesn't really have bearing on the main story it's very much just like a light and fluffy fun side story gaiden if you will (laughs) Mm. so those were those were ones i wanted to bring up Uh, are there any that are coming to your collective minds because i'm sure there's a bunch of ova style beach episodes that i am not remembering off the top of my head right now not of ovas but i still have several others in my pocket I just thought of another also, but it's not really an OVA one. Oh, that's fine. Well, actually, wait, maybe? No. Wow, maybe it, it has both. So I was going to be like, her, her, does the episode of uh, Gundam Seed with Atherin and Kagali on the on the beach where, you know, they have to take refuge in a cave because they get stuck there. And, and, oh, jeez. Is that, does that count as a beach episode? But then I realized there is a tiny little, like, five-minute OVA thing between Seed and Seed Destiny where they all go to live with like the orphans or whatever and they're on a beach and Atherin and Kira are like super angsty talking about the future um, on a beach looking up at the stars yep there we go gun to beach episode <laughs> between the stars yeah uh, yeah there we go done we, nice. we we figured it out yeah because I was gonna say the, uh, the the cave scene you're talking about that's a totally different trope altogether that we could definitely spend an episode just digging up similar instances of uh because i i i'm blanking on the book uh but it's a it's, it's a japanese book uh that i read back in high school that had that exact thing and it i think it's one of the ones that a lot of uh, anime like to to source from because it's just like this classic example of the hey we're hanging out in a cave and we're having like this big revelatory moment uh trope <laughs> so that is a thing of its in and of itself so good catch on that frangi uh <laughs> I was we like, I'm pretty sure they were at that. the ocean. It's cool, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Please, please go on. Uh, no, that we had Gundam, Gundam episode, and uh, Joel had something, not me. Yes, sorry. Uh, well, it's one that I know Franji knows, and it's Food Wars. The opening episode of season five, the last season, is an actual beach episode, and it's actually once again used for plot, but also it's not just. They have the first five, ten minutes of them frolicking at the beach, but then the oh, middle right. part of the episode is the teachers assign, all right, beach food stall competition, and they have to all, you know, create beach fare, and the winner is whoever uh, sells the most dishes by the end of their however many day beach trip. So you actually have a couple iterations of, all right, uh, some people set up stalls really fast and begin selling cheap things and selling, like, hotcakes whereas uh, Soma and his group find a rundown shack on the beach and they spend a good portion of their time fixing it up and they turn yeah. it into this, you know, beachside cafe, which they can only operate for the last day of the beach trip. Yeah, but because the interesting because thing is, is, for once, it's not just about the food that they cook. They also have to build their shack. Yeah. <laughs> And so they then have the last day where they're operating their little pop-up restaurant and able to make up all the lost revenue that they had made for the first couple days because everyone else just, you know, little tent and some grills and were selling things versus them having more proper food. And amidst all this, they not subtly, not so subtly, introduce the final antagonist of the series. Yeah, so, and that was the premiere episode of the season. And since it was season five, you're able to do that. That I can't think of any non-beach related series that has an episode or that has a premiere of a beach episode. Because, you know, you can't do that when you haven't established your characters. But if you're on your fifth season, you sure as heck can. Oh, absolutely. And I, I just remembered the other one I was going to mention. So thank you for <clears throat> uh, teeing me up with this one, Franji, because we're talking about uh, one of our favorite mecha shows of all time. I'd like to bring up one of our other favorite mecha shows of all time, Macross Frontier. Uh, Macross Frontier yes. episode 10 features a beach episode. Here's oh, crap, the you're thing. right. That's a big one. Oh, it is a massive oh, yeah. one because it 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 really like not just connects 
Macross Frontier all the way back to Macross Zero <laughs> in this episode. So like they tie together multiple Macross shows in this particular ones mm -hmm. or in this particular one. And um, on top of that, there are, you know, a lot of big character moments, especially for Ranka, because uh, that I believe is the episode where, uh, you know, they, they premiere the movie that is essentially Macross Zero interpreted through Macross Frontier <laughs> mm -hmm. and Ranka gets her big break. Uh, and that is a huge plot point for the story. I believe other big characters and revelations start to get planted in that same beach episode. But again, it's it goes back to what we're saying. Like these beach episodes are just Trojan horses of narrative. <laughs> it, is, it is a brilliant thing uh, that that only like it, we've seen examples outside of anime, obviously, uh, that that, you know, play into this uh, and do this very well. But it is so few and far between. Like you can easily say this is one of those those anime things that anime does so well. You've seen beach episodes millions of times and millions of different ways, but man, do they do a good, when they do a good beach episode, they do a good beach episode. And it is mm -hmm. one that you can turn back to and say, this episode, which you probably were going to write off because you're just seeing, you know, boobs, butts, and man chest everywhere, uh, it, it, as, you know, just fan service uh, for the sake of fan service, is actually this important to the plot of the entire series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of ones that are important to the plot, and uh, once again, slightly stretching the definition of a beach episode that we've been talking about all of these favorite mech shows of ours why not talk our actual favorite mech show code geass checkmark got that reference hey! island of the gods <laughs> is a beach episode oh my god you're so right there's no bathing suits but you definitely have like yuffie all wet and lelouch taking off his clothes uh, and like ridiculousness it's survival episode not you're a frolic right. at the beach episode because i was Colin's sort of racking naked. my brain of just you know a Gosh, Kogias doesn't really have a beach episode. That we have a couple of pool scenes here and there, but then you have this where they're on this island, and that's the beginning of you know where we first get our glimpse of Seas World and the ruins. And oh gosh, there's actually something more happening here. Yes, to all of this, but you're also forgetting one of the bonus uh, picture dramas. Which was included in hey, the I movies. wasn't going to count that. I, I had it. <laughs> I, I knew about Tell us that. about it, Mario. Well, Tell I, us I wasn't going to count it, but please. Uh, so I'm, I'm, it's been so long since I've actually checked it out. But the, the broad strokes uh, is that this is basically like the legit Code Geass beach episode. Like everybody uh, ends up in swimsuits. Uh, and it, it, I, I forget what it the is context stage was. stage 8.75, the yes, that's Code the one. Geass picture drama. Yes. Um, We're not I'm blanking here. on the context, but for some I, reason, I Googled uh, it. Don't worry. To, I don't have that off the top of my head. Yeah, Cornelia has to give like some sort of a speech, and they're <laughs> yeah. apparently at like a beachside resort or something. Everybody's... It's Clovis's resort. I'm looking at the wiki page right now. Yeah. yeah. So everybody is in swimsuits. So it's like if you ever needed a Canon Code Geass swimsuit design, this was where you went to. Sidebar, I actually was trying to put together a whole group with my old Code Geass crew to do exactly this back in the day. So it's not oh, like this is were. like very, you know, prominent in my memory for that reason or anything. No. Um, but yeah, and even though it is a picture drama, because we were talking about, you know, these these OVA style beach episodes if we did not include this <laughs> as as part of like something that falls under that umbrella we definitely did not do our jobs because that is literally the code geass beach episode uh to to end all code geass beach episodes uh though for it's also island of the there, gods with you know all of that other stuff but and i was gonna say again like, that's a to... much looser definition of a beach episode yeah, but if we're talking like, you know, the the more the more on the nose uh fan service friendly. <laughs> mm -hmm. This with this one with a bullet. <laughs> Cuz man, like I I still remember when that first uh dropped, everyone was just like, "Oh wow, they're oh, just I'm sure yeah, they're the just doing this have been they? waiting for, you know, something resembling a beach episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It it definitely uh, scratched that itch for for a lot of folks and it definitely inspired people to to want to, you know, do stuff like you know, that big group that never happened. <laughs> so had to had to interject that since we were on the subject. A <laughs> uh, couple other quick ones as we start to wind down. K-On! had their beach episode very early. It was like episode four or something that 
one of the once they've assembled the band, one of the first things they do is they go on what is supposed to be a you know practice retreat to practice their instruments. And most of the episode is them slacking off and just finding excuses to not actually rehearse and to relax the beach. But it also gives the characters some of their first uh, real interactions after their introductory episodes. So yeah. that's a really cool one and uh, definitely the earliest instance of a beach episode in a series that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, Lucky Star, of course, has a beach episode. Nothing of importance happens because nothing of importance ever happens in Lucky Star. Except at like the end. Also, a quick aside, uh, I was going to bring this up, and uh, Jeff in the chat also brought this up as well. Kaon actually had two beach episodes. <laughs> I was, oh, was going right, to call that up because that's always a big joke. It's just like, wow, they did a beach episode like right out of the gate. Oh, God, they did another beach episode. <laughs> Y'all, how many beach episodes do you need? <laughs> Why the heck not? I forget if anything of significance happened in the second beach episode. It doesn't stick out as much for me. But, uh, yeah, they did have two, now that you mention it. Um, gosh, I feel like I had one other. Do either of you have something as I scramble for whatever my last one was? No, I'm just, the Kogias got me thinking of, they also have a drama where they're at the baths, which is kind of like Onsen, oh, and I'm yeah, wondering yeah, how Onsen <laughs> compares to beach episodes. I feel like we could do a whole Onsen episode sometime, but there aren't as many instances as beach episodes, but Onsen episodes are not too rare yeah. i want to figure out if it follows the same kind of formula if it's if yeah. it's basically the same like as the it beach usually episode. does but it, it's funny you mention always. that <laughs> because uh neo ivan uh not just in our you know uh, uh, private production chat but i think also in the um <clears throat> in, in the the actual live stream chat as well brought up uh the episode from outlaw star which is an onsen episode which is why i didn't bring it up but since mm. we brought up the topic that is another one that fits exactly into the criteria of what we're talking about with these trojan uh -huh. horse beach episodes because they go to an onsen planet it was not included on tsunami which is substantial for two reasons number one you know this is again like pre-adult swim tsunami uh so you know okay makes sense why they'd cut the beach episode or in this case the, the onsen episode fine problem <laughs> there is a massive massive plot drop <laughs> that happens in that episode so you skip over from the episode before to the next one uh -oh. suddenly they like you missed a huge plot point you were going to be super confused if all you were watching was the tsunami run because that massive plot drop that sets up one of the MacGuffins in the finale of outlaw star oh no is gone unless you're watching like the dvd releases which were released uncut uh, or, you know, yeah, like uh, Jeff is, is mentioning, like eventually they would air it, you know, on Adult Swim Toonami. But for that initial run, if you were watching it as part of like Afternoon Block Toonami, you missed a massive plot drop. And yeah, <laughs> again, I didn't want to bring it up because Onsen episode, but since we brought up Onsen episodes and the criteria that we're talking about for the beach episode, this one fits it to a freaking T. T nice. for Toonami. Hashtag not sponsor. Uh -huh. Hashtag sponsor us. <laughs> so I remembered my last one. It's Fruits Basket because they yes. have several episodes at the beach, and as you are always having in Fruits Basket, <laughs> it's like the beach arc. Yeah, and well, I would say it fits the formula of you have fun in the sun and then serious stuff. But let's face it, every episode of Fruits Basket, the original manga and the new uh, anime remake or reboot, rather. Everything is serious in Fruits Basket. Thanks so you were going to get off an, an episode without getting an emotional gut punch? Oh, no, not with especially child. not with that beach episode. <laughs> no. no, especially not because there's yeah. Akito stuff. Oh, mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. oh. yeah, oh, yeah. Because that for people watching the anime, I forget if that's late. If it's like second or third season, it's definitely not the first because obviously Akito doesn't third. come in until later. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think it's I think third. third. Yeah, the very beginning so, of it. Yeah. Good stuff there. And Mario, since you mentioned beach episodes that didn't get broadcast in America, I might uh, as yes. well end with yes, yes, Pokemon's yes. infamous episode, Beauty in the Beach. It yep. was actually very early in the, uh, in the series. Let me find what episode it was. I think it was like 13 or something. It, it might have been 18. It was very, very early. And 
bottom line is there's a swimsuit contest and you have James participating with a set of very convincing, very large fake breasts. And it was for that reason that the episode was cut. Fortunately, nothing of significance happened in that episode. It wasn't one where Ash caught a Pokemon, got a badge or whatever. Unlike some of the other cut episodes where important stuff happened. So this one could get tossed away without any concern. Could you like, imagine if that was like one of the only times he, he won like a league championship? <laughs> it's like, no, guys, he really won it like before 20 years passed. Like it was in this episode. Up, oh, never aired. Don't well, count. Then again, <laughs> in a way, the Orange Island arc is just a season of beach episodes. And that's the only other one that Ash won that people don't consider it a real league because it's not one of the regions that's in the game. Right. But for people who know Pokemon, that this is, you know, the Orange Islands were so really early. That's where you had Tracy uh, after Brock had left the first time. And that's just them going from island to island. And it's not a beach episode every day. But, you know, if you're going from island to island, the, the gym badges in the Orange League are literal shells with gems in them. It, there's a lot of beach imagery going on pretty constantly. Yeah, it's so, a park, essentially. It's a full beach season. It's like 30 episodes or something. Yeah. Yeah. But good stuff. And uh, here we are. An hour past. There's so many beach episodes. I'm sure if we were to continue going, we could think of more. But I feel like we covered a really good spread of just variations that we still have that core concept of fun in the sun in half one, serious stuff in half two. But there are differences in different episodes and uh, yeah it's one that for whatever reason it is now a very standard trope in anime you don't really get it that much in american media not to say that it never happens but it is such a standard it's a meme it's a joke it's expected almost to have a beach episode so i'm glad we finally got ours <laughs> and what a nice episode to do it on <laughs> indeed indeed yeah you, you know, we've sort of been again yeah oh gosh being in the ocean this past week's been really nice <laughs> but yes before we get going uh be sure to check out our sponsor image anime mario can you rattle off that address for me because i always forget it yeah, no problem. So don't forget to go check out our sponsors, Image Anime. That is over at imageanime.com. Don't forget to use the code DISCOUNT20 to get yourself 20% off all in-stock items between now and January 1st, 2022. I can't believe we're already cruising towards the back half of the year. It is going by fast. Save yourself some cashola. Uh, of course, give a, uh, I got to give a big shout out to our pals over at the Waypoint Cafe here in New York City, New York. They are hosting the pop-up shop for Image Anime. Uh, so if you are in the Lower East Side of New York City, swing on by. You can check out some of in Image Anime's goods in person. Of course, say hi to Gino, who is the owner of Waypoint, as well as one of the hosts of our weekly Friday or Thursday esports and gaming podcast, Decode. Uh, they should be back next week. Uh, took a little bit of a break this week. It's a it's been a week for us, y'all. <laughs> so definitely check that out as well. Uh, of course, if you want to support us more directly. In, in addition to a wonderful follow or subscription, if you are so inclined on the Twitch machine, don't forget to check out our merch over at our Stream Elements page. We're looking to add a little bit of new merch sometime in the near future. It would have been up already, but the interface was not playing nice with me, so it'll be a little bit longer because some of our new merch is going to be celebrating our recently announced visual novel project originally created by our pal and Joel's cohort on Thursdays right after Decode, RJ Para. That is Kokoro no Pro. We debuted the trailer for it at the end of our panel at Virtual Crunchyroll Expo last weekend. Big thanks to the Crunchyroll events team for giving us that opportunity to make that presentation. We have dropped a link for that in the live chat if you are watching us here on Twitch. And if you are listening to this podcast after the fact, uh, just head on over to our main website, digitaleraentertainment.com for not just information uh, and links to video media on this new project, but of course, our other podcasts, written content, and more. Uh, Joel, well, I am trying to get back taking over that. When I said address, <laughs> I meant I can't remember the Waypoint Cafe's address. I wasn't asking you to Ludlow do that. y'all. <laughs> that was what I wanted. I wasn't asking you to do that full ad read, but hey, thanks. 
Yeah, I, I, I was already in the groove, <laughs> saving you the trouble because I know you're kind enough to do it every single week as well as on Thursdays when you and RJ are wrapping it up. So I got yeah. you, fam. <laughs> so let's see here. Mario got most of the stuff. You got the merch, got like subscribe, all that good jazz, Waypoint Cafe. Got, We're good. Uh, we got to let him go because he has like yeah. cool nerd stuff to do. I think that's all. Yeah. So thank you all so, so much for tuning in, for listening in. We'll be back next week with more anime fun. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, get your Fauci-ouchie, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch.